saying, hey, this is Tara Morgan. We are on the Rowing Chat Network. Whether, welcome to another exciting episode of Ready Row USA as we continue regular broadcasts featuring the best of rowing news, gadgets, and gear from clubs, companies, and rowers across the country. Today, we'll be talking about the transition to head racing training, news and racing for strategy, or news and strategies for races from the hooch to the new head races in the Mid-South to the celebrated Head of the Charles in its 55th running year. Ready Row USA is part of the Rowing Chat International Network. Subscribe at rowing.chat to receive notifications of upcoming shows. Send in your news tips. Join our community on this website and on our YouTube channel. The producer of Ready Row USA is Charlotte Pierce. Today's host and assistant is myself, Tara Morgan. Our regular correspondent is Mark Wilson. And our executive producer is Rebecca Crow of Rowing.Chat. Today's special guest is Ryan Worth of Swift Racing, head coach at University of Tennessee. Hi, Ryan. How's hey, it going? Hey, Tara. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to Rowing Chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you here today to talk about head racing. We have some sponsors to thank. So our sponsors today, before we get to talking about head racing, we're going to thank our sponsors. We have sponsor slides. Just Strong, um, or sorry, yeah, Just Strong is our... I'm trying to figure out where it is. Okay, USA Rowing USA is sponsored by Just Strong, uh, bringing products, kids, stuff, supplements, accessories. We have a discount on our website uh, or use our discount, RebCaro10 at JustStrong.com. Our next sponsor is Mind Games, a book by Annie Vernon. You can get a signed copy if you get your or get your order in at Bloomsbury.com. And Rosenthorn Active Bras. We're bringing confidence into the boat. You can get a 10% discount using the code ROW10 at Rosenthorn.com. All right. Let's talk head racing. Hi. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. It's kind of tough to be talking about head racing, though, when we've got almost a month to the end of nationals here and then, um, you know, Canadian Henley, too. But yeah, I I'm wondering, you know, on the Masters front, if people who are not going to Masters Nationals in Grand Rapids are sort of shifting. I know that's happening at my club. Out oh, yeah. west. We're not planning on going, um, but we're already August 1st is starting uh, head racing training. Definitely. Well, and so, you know, like you said, sometimes you got to have your entries in, at least for the lotteries. Um, and you got to be making your plans. So you're got three weeks left in your training to peak for nationals. And then you're, and then you're already thinking about trying to transition. It's tough for masters. It's a hard, it's a hard world to live in because you're training for the shortest racing that anybody does. And then a month and a half later, you want to be competing really well at the head races. Yeah. And I think a lot of masters, I know myself included, we like to have some sort of like steady state endurance day, at least once a week, you know, on the erg or on the water, depending on what you're, uh, what's available to you. Um, I know people are getting excited about the head of the Charles because some of the deadlines are coming up. You know, there's the people who have their automatic entries, but the deadline for entering uh, uh, sculling is August 1st and entering sweep is September 1st. So I think those sweep boats are interesting because 
those are the ones that I feel like take the most organization and the most uh, uh, like seat racing and, and, and logistics. You know what I mean? Because we can't do the pair as much as I would love the pair down the head of the Charles. <laughs> Wouldn't that and be the fun? the spectators would love the pair down the head of the Charles too. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but no, I think you're right on as far as like a training and mental preparation piece goes. Um, you're you're going to be doing some of your steady state training for the sprint racing anyway. And, uh, you know, one thing you got a picture there from Oak Ridge. That's the Secret City head race venue. A lot of people recognize that same venue as the 2K course. So but if you go past the start bridge there at Oak Ridge and Terry, you know, this is your hometown, but yeah. uh, it's a beautiful stretch of water. Oh, absolutely. I was just there in uh, April rowing a single under that bridge. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering what the head race course is for Secret City. Where does it go? How long is it a typical 5K? Yep. Typical 5K. You're going to start upstream of the venue and you're going to race down right under the bridge and come across almost like you're coming onto the 2K course. And then the finish line's at the 1500 meter line. Nice. Nice. Where and that one the vendor or the spectator tents. Yeah, and I know that Oak Ridge is a great venue for uh, spectators, unlike most race courses, I think, in the country, yeah. uh, you know, other than the Charles having all the, the seven bridges. But uh, in Oak Ridge, uh, it's such a simple venue. You know, there's no, no frills, no, no special anything. There's no, I don't think they probably do the preppy, you know, the blazers and the, you know, the VIP tents and things like that. We, I didn't know what a blazer was in rowing until I was in college. Because yeah, yeah. in the south, the you know the greater south, we just don't really have that kind of uh, yacht yachty culture. Yeah, um, no, no, no. Um, um, so tell me about the head of the hooch. I hear about this race every year. Everybody's like, "No, you don't understand. You have to go to the head of the hooch." What makes it so special? I think what, oh, part of it's just the mass, right? You get you're bringing so many people into the town, and. Um, you've got all those boats there. Spectation is also really good. You've got sidewalks on the bridges upstream. You, know, you can see even on the banner of the website there, um, you got the launch and recovery docks right next to each other. It's, you know, the Charles, you get a, a, a little greater volume of competitors, but you're spread out at the hooch. Everybody's in downtown. And so you get this very festival type feel um, and the energy is undeniable. And then there's a river walk that runs the entire length of the river from downtown heading upstream well past the start line. You yeah. can see the river the whole way, but um, there's city bikes that you can rent. And then, like I was saying, the bridges that you row under the last three bridges all have sidewalks. One of them is pedestrian only. It's the, world, wow. it's the world's second longest pedestrian bridge. And let's just say, I think that might be the latest head race in the season because Head of the Lake is that same weekend. I mean, so both of them would be the last ones. It's our last race. Well, then it's, we have Head of the South. Oh, when's that one? Down in Augusta, Georgia. It's the weekend after the Hooch. And wow. um, one of the fun things about Head of the South is that the Augusta Rowing Club caps entries at 750 boats because um, mm. they kind of reach capacity. And so one thing that's done for Head of the South is that it's kind of insured quality in the regatta by capping entries and they don't give them over their head. Yeah. Um, it gives you yeah. that one, you know, for some people like me who are coaching, I look forward to head of the South as kind of a, you know, I'll tell the college athletes that they can come with me if they want to, but mm -hmm. that's, that's my chance to go be, do my race. Who's the, uh, what's the LOC for the, for the head of the South? Who's organizing that? The Augusta Rowing Club. Oh, great. Is that a big club? Um, 
I wouldn't say they're a big club by the South standards. They're average. Um, great. Great. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to do a tour sometime of like do the whole South since that's my home territory and do all the Georgia and Alabama clubs and that'd be really fun. So yeah. the other one that I hear about from your area uh, lately, the big, uh, the newer, the newest race, I think is the head of the music. Is that what it's called? Music city head race. Music so. city head race. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's music city head race about? Uh, well, Music City is Nashville, Tennessee, of course, and mm -hmm. that venue or that, well, the venue and the regatta are fairly new. Um, they are going to be going in their fourth year, I believe, of the regatta, um, and it 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 kind of grew in place of the old Tennessee head race, mm. uh, the, which was hosted in Knoxville by the Knoxville Race Association for a long time. Right. And then when that the venue for that regatta in Knoxville, um, they kind of lost access mm -hmm. and it left a weekend open. Secret City shifted later in the month and then Music City kind of adopted that position. And so we're kind of settling into this new regatta schedule. Music City's getting things together. Um, here, I've got a great image from the pedestrian bridge there. Let me get the screen share here. Oh, no, I won't be able to do that. Sorry. Um, What's the date of that event? When does that fall? That one, that one is usually the first or second weekend of October. They're settling into that second, the first weekend after the first full week. So it's going to be September, mm -hmm. October 12th this year. Oh, so the week before the Charles. Yes. The Charles is the 19th. Yeah. And so it kind of serves for a lot of people as your first real big race. Um, yeah, last yeah. year it got really big because Head of the Rock uh, got blown out um, mm -hmm. by bad, bad weather. So kind of last minute Purdue um, and a few other and Michigan uh, club and a few other pretty big teams and a handful of masters kind of came down to Nashville. There yeah. were there were over 40 varsity men's fours in the collegiate men's fours last year. At Music wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and they're right there. They're right there in downtown Nashville. So if you're a spectator and you want to walk across the pedestrian bridge from the venue there at the stadium and sit on a patio and drink a beer. Nice. We're watching the finish line from totally civilized. Those greatest Completely. bars. Completely civilized. You know, so some of my favorite things about head races in terms of planning, uh, as as difficult as it is to get your crews together and seat race, and um, sometimes you have to buy plane tickets and hotels and Airbnbs and all of that. Um, but one of my favorite things about head races is just how deeply, deeply entrenched those are in the communities that they're held. Right. Because they do take up a lot of time and a lot of energy. That said, the nice thing about head races is that they're on at 6 a.m. and they're done by noon. Like, you know, you're home by noon. So it's pretty nice. But what would you say to someone? You know, these we're talking a lot about East Coast races and Southeast races. And I'm out here way up in the top, top, tippy top, northwest corner. Um uh, hot tip, Southwest Airlines flies direct to Nashville if you want to go to the, the Music City race. Um, what do you suggest for people when they're looking at local races, like whether they're juggling, um, should I fly somewhere? Uh, how do I even find the best head races? Ooh, finding the best head race? Well, I think part of that's going to be a question of what the best means for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you're simply looking to find the best competition, you know, and race the fastest people in your event, then yeah the head of the hooch's volume quite often kind of guarantees that and solidifies it in that position. Um, and the head of the hooch is 
fairly accessible. You're in between this Y shape of Nashville, Knoxville, and Atlanta um, here at Chattanooga. So, um, and Chattanooga is used to hosting big events. Chattanooga has two Ironman events as well on the same venue every year. And there's also a massive, uh, just a couple weekends before the hooch, paddleboard, outrigger canoe, and basically any paddle craft that you face forward in. They allow yeah. this. And it's a long race. It's 32K. Yeah. Um, and not, not to mention that Chattanooga has an excellent aquarium. It's an amazing aquarium to go see. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting out here on the West Coast and my big race out in Seattle is, uh, which a lot of California crews and Oregon crews come up for is called the Head of the Lake. And what they've done with that race is they've made it. Uh, so I think these qualifiers, like this is interesting because the Charles does this too. There's very, it sells out in about two hours, Head of the Lake does. Um, it is very limited in terms of uh, events. They only want the hottest, best crews. And then what they also did last year was they made the winning crews automatic, automatically entered into our top uh, 2K race, the opening day Windermere Cup uh, mm. here in Seattle. So if you won your event, your little treat, here's your treat, is you get to be in uh, opening day in Windermere Cup, which was a, a fantastic way, I think, to elevate uh, that race. It's held by the Lake Washington Rowing Club. Uh, they're on point on their merchandise, like level of head of the Charles for sure. Um, but I think it's a really attractive end of the season race for people who want to do a West Coast flight or, you know, your mm -hmm. West uh, in Colorado. Sometimes we'll see the Colorado teams, the Alaska teams. Uh, of course, Marin count, Marin rowing might come up or, uh, you know, but I'm thinking about those California crews and those Colorado crews that don't have the waterways, uh, but still want to get head racing as part of their training. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you got Oklahoma and, mm -hmm. and so, so there's a, there's a head race right in the middle of everything. So you're eight hours away from everything else. It, but, um. I think it also depends on, you know, you're asking what about the best head race? One of the things I think about is the venue, what it's mm -hmm. like as a competitor racing down the course. Um, you know, yeah, bridges, no bridges. Yeah. Right. Turning, no turning. Um, what's head of the lake like? Okay. So head of the lake is kind of brilliant because it um, has a 2000 meters straight away. And I'm sorry if I'm getting that distance wrong, but I've only done it as a rower. So I know it's long. Um, but you you do some winding and you go under one bridge and then you go through the famous Motlake cut. So if you read Boys, mm -hmm. the Boys in the Boat, that's the famous cut that you'll see in the movie coming up and you'll see everywhere. But it you, takes you way out to the start line. So you basically do from the finish line to the start line of our 2K opening day race, hang a major turn and then hang another turn and you end up in the loving arms of the Conabare Shell House at University of Washington. Nice. And the cool thing is everybody loves launching from University of Washington or having that part of the race because it's just ridiculously gorgeous facility and the whole shebang is, is really fun. Um, but that particular stretch, that finish line to start line, 2000 meter stretches, it's pretty fun. And then you're in this tight canal that is only able to uh, hold three boats across. I think four boats technically, but I wouldn't try yeah. it. And I actually went through it one time with three boats across and it was, you know, 
It's yeah, a nail biting. You got to get used to it. It's concrete. You know, it's well, concrete. Like, um, the Cal Washington duel this year in the 1V. Yeah. Th yeah. Those guys aren't phased by it. No. But most of us are. No. You know, and for us in the south, in the southeast, um, I mean, really, probably at Nathan Benderson would be one of your tightest head races as far as your tolerance between boats. And that's yeah. because the head race they do there at Nathan Benderson, you basically you run in the 2K course and then the whole return uh, loop under the bridges at the island and then back up the warm up area. Wow. Okay, I didn't even realize you could do a head race at Nathan Benderson. That's amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, um, so if you've got a rower in your group and uh, like I'm a coach, you're a coach, I'm also a rower, you are too, and we're doing this midsummer training transition, right? So we just talked briefly at the beginning about going to Masters Nationals. Um, what do you think is, uh, I mean, I'm looking at new strength and conditioning training and shif shifting my strength and conditioning training to be uh, more about endurance and more about heavy, low rep, you know, kind of loads and, and, and working on that for my personal stuff. But when we make this transition into head racing, what do you think, uh, what are you telling your athletes to really focus on if maybe like a typical master, they've got limited time. So sure. getting up earlier, uh, is it doing uh, volume more days of the week? What do you think? I think it's just about increasing the minutes in your volume. And I don't think it has to be rowing, especially for the masters who are going to be going to nationals. Let the rowing training you be, be kind of your, be kind of your peaking for sprinting. That's mm -hmm. fine, but you got to be adding some, some low intensity volume. Um, and I think a big part of that's just mentally. One of the things that I think a lot about, like I said, Sarasota is probably one of the tightest, if you will, for like side by side racing um, that's constricted by the natural venue. Uh, Nashville is pretty cool on the Cumberland. It's uh, it's pretty channelized, deep river there, and so it feels intimate. But it's you know nothing that we have is like uh, the turning you have to do on the Charles or how tight the course actually is. And inevitably, like you said, head of the lake, you think it's about a two k straight. Uh, Secret City's got a, at least a two k straight, more or less. You know you're keeping yourself between the buoys and the shore, but you get these stretches where for much longer than a 1k you're you're there and very likely if not without a competitive boat next to mm -hmm. you passing you you know you might be overtaking if you're in a blind boat that can get really lonely and so it's about getting yourself reacquainted with the joy of being bored yeah. while, you're, while you're in the you know, while you're in the act of doing your training the um, monotony i love it <laughs> yeah and so the conversation for me with a lot of masters is what other thing do you love? Did you come to rowing from swimming? Would you get yourself back in the pool? And yeah. do some, what what could you do repetitively, steadily, and happily Yeah, <laughs> for like Absolutely. five hours? And it's a beautiful time of year. So for your runners, your cyclists, uh, you know, whatever that cross training might be, that's a great way, I think, to add the volume without losing the specialization in your sprint work. Totally. I'm headed out tomorrow morning, actually, on a 10-day cycle tour, bikepacking. That's my head racing kickoff training. There so, you go. Yeah. I mean, might as well incorporate summer vacation plans um, and, uh, and and getting into your head racing training. Um, I think that's really good. Hey, so I just want to make a shout out for our listeners who are listening um, and not watching um and say hello to you guys we are putting up a lot of visuals and you can always watch this when you're maybe uh not at work or wherever you're uh listening 
from, we do have some great visuals and, and to see Ryan uh, is, is always fun and see our guests is always fun. Um, so you don't have to be watching it, but just to say a shout out and, and welcome to all of our audio listeners. So speaking of uh, tips, our pal, Mark Wilson, who is one of our co-hosts, he had uh, provided, he's out of town this week, but he provided some tips. And here's Mark, my words. And this is what um, came to us last week. Number one, know the course. Uh, we've got some great resources online for uh, knowing uh, courses like the Head of the Charles. Like there's uh, tons of Coxon videos from the Coxon's perspective. There's training videos. My personal favorite was to actually go to Yaz Farouk's seminar at the Charles with some of my athletes. She could cox me any day of the week. Let me just say. Absolutely. Like, and yeah. I got to say on the Charles one, the bow cam, the 360 bow cam from Ben Davis, a single race last year is oh, super fun to watch. I watched I that saw, six times in a row. I saw him come across the finish line and turn around and I was like, you dub, go Huskies. He was, that was amazing. Yeah. But they have, they had a 360 camera mounted on his bow and you can watch that video and look in any direction you want. Oh, awesome. We'll, we'll try and find, if you have the link, uh, send that uh, on you dub's YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll we'll post uh, post the link to that. Yeah. Uh, also, but yeah, know the course. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of resources, like you said, for doing that. Yeah, totally. I think almost uh, probably every uh, head race on Regatta Central usually when they're, if they're on Regatta Central will have an overview with a map, and you yeah. can take them you know map. Um, so Mark Wilson also is going to be giving a uh, head of head of the Charles workshop in late August and September. Uh, we'll stay tuned for. Stay tuned for uh, more details on that. So we'll keep uh, plugging all of these links and all these resources in our post show notes, uh, which is a great resource uh, for folks who are uh, interested in following up on any of these little tidbits uh, that we're bringing up. So the next one he's talking about is really related. Know the rules. Um, I think when we do head races, it's really important to know if there's a no passing zone, um, what the... Uh, split is between competitors, uh, where the warm-up patterns are, how to pass uh, safely. Okay. Uh, he's also suggesting train longer than your race. And this is kind of a typical training uh, mentality of uh, not overtraining in the uh, destructive sense, but going a little longer, uh, practicing that. Because we all know with head racing, it's actually more like an obstacle course, you know, because you're not just hard rowing for 18 minutes. You're rowing for five minutes and then turning and then you're rowing another power 20 and then you're passing. And then, so it's more like an obstacle course. Mm -hmm. um, don't you think? It, it definitely can be. And, you know, being ready to be at peak output, that you're going to maintain over the course of your head race while you manage other things um, is really important. And so at home, if you row alone all the time, you got to make it up, right? You got to give yourself some kind of obstacle to work around. But if you're rowing with other people, even if it's just other boats in the club that you can get out and be next to overlap or your oars, practice being in that tight vicinity with somebody else, because that's what I see so many masters will do, you know, cox boats or, or blind you get you get within a boat width of another boat and you start steering away and you're giving away turns um yeah huge music city secret city uh, um a little less so augusta augusta's fun they're the head of the south because it is kind of tight but um 
you get a little outside that buoy line at the hooch, you can give up 15 seconds pretty easy. Just yeah. rowing, just rowing too far yeah. off that buoy line. So get get used to being in tight relation to something that's not the straight lines of our sprint racing course. So let me get your read on something. If you have to make a tight turn, are you a ports half slide starboard's power up person? Or are you a ports ease up starboard's power up person? Mm, that is a good question. Right? <laughs> yeah. I right. think it, I think it depends a little crew to crew. Yeah. Um, you know, even in sculling, if it's going to be a hard turn, I'm a I'm a shorten the stroke on the weak side, um, because okay. and just or think and think stronger longer on the other side. Yeah, yeah. I like and, I like half slide full power on the one side and full power on the other side. Yeah, just reduce so, the catch, right? Help the rudder get the bite. To right. be honest, down here, I in a cox boat, you should probably never have to do that. True. Sure. Hey, uh, so his last couple tips are try new races. So we've talked about a lot of races that people could uh, check out and try this season, you know, get your plane tickets. Like I said, Southwest Airlines, I think has great, you know, cheap flights to Nashville. You could get like four races just by flying to Nashville. Yeah. And then the last one he says, which I'd love to dive into just for a second is visualize. How can you visualize your race if you've never been there? or if you have never bowed it, or you've never coxed it, or, you know, first of all, just, yeah, what's your approach to visualizing these races? I think you start with the Google Earth. You can zoom right in on Google Earth, and you can right. see that what the shorelines look like. You can pick out buildings, and you get that aerial view idea of what your course is going to look like. And then, um, you know, then delving into the YouTube. Um, yeah. There's a ton of great Baucam resources there. Um, Cox recordings either way. Um, and then, you know, if it's something like the uh, Cuyahoga head race up in um, up in Ohio, mm -hmm. that is a really crazy course. And that's one that I think it would be really good to talk to a local. Uh, you know, you just look up somebody who's won their event a few times and and stalk them and say, hey, what's your what are your tips for being in that river? Yeah, when uh, when uh, I you know I run seize the oar with uh, arms and shoulders rowers, and they really wanted to go to the Charles, and so one of the things that the bow did was she just went nuts with her studying and training, and she actually reached out to some doubles rowers uh, mm -hmm. who had won and singles rowers who had won here like won their event, and they were so generous with their time, and they were so excited to talk about the course. So I think reach out, look at the results list. If there's somebody from your club or your area, reach out to them and just say, hey, what's your advice? I'm doing it for the first time or I'd love to get a read on that. And everybody loves to talk strategy. It's a so, good excuse to make a new friend. Totally, totally. Someone to meet up with at the, at the, at the event as well. So we're going to uh, finish up for our episode, but I just want to point out um, for those rowers who have been rowing for a long time, um, Seize the Oar is continuing its lifelong rowing project where you get to share your story. What do you think the perfect stroke is uh, and share an image of yourself. It's a exciting global project capturing the beauty of rowing as long as we all want to be rowing um, uh, no matter what. It's a lifelong sport. We also have a hashtag today. It's the Ready Row USA's weekly hashtag where you can win rowing gear and services. Today's hashtag is hashtag RRUSA. Heads up, if you post on social media with the rowing.chat URL 
and that hashtag you are entered to win um, some cool rowing gear and stuff like that. So Ryan, thank you so much for coming and so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Any final words? Oh, happy racing to everybody. You know, yeah, what's enjoy your, it, right? What's your signature on your email? It's so good. Happy trails and fair winds. You know, happy trails and fair winds. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in next week. Join us for rowing the world. And we're going to talk about what happens when you are on your trip to Italy and you'd like to jump into a boat or you'd like to try rowing touring uh, and maybe even the new uh, craze of coastal rowing uh, when you're out with your family in the world. So thanks everyone. Have a great afternoon. And what'd you say? Was it happy trails and fair winds? Happy trails and fair winds. Awesome. Right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye Thank everyone. Bye-bye everybody. Hi, we'd just like to thank our sponsors for making this podcast possible. I'm Charlotte Pierce, and you can find the whole list of sponsors and, and uh, links at rowing.chat slash sponsors. Um, we are also, the, as Tara mentioned, the upcoming episodes. And thank you again for your for listening in and watching us. Take care. Bye. Bye.